1: Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the Queen of Accountability, who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirit. The children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy klein Hey, Parent Nation! Welcome to Stop
2: Raising Einstein. I am so excited for two reasons. Well, actually, a whole bunch of reasons. I'm always excited about something, but first of all, it's Dad Day. I am so stoked to be able to um, celebrate on the first Tuesday of every month the dads who bring a unique perspective um, to parenting and who include a piece of parenting that is moms I think sometimes we tend to push away and I just love that we can celebrate the woohoo that dads do on this show at least once a month. (laughs) And the other reason that I'm excited is because it is election day. So you may be listening to this show live, in which case I hope that you have voted. And if you haven't get your butt out there and do so. Um, if you're listening in archive, I hope that you took the opportunity to make your voice heard because it's never been more important for, uh, for us to exercise that right that people have fought so hard for us to have. And that's to, um, Decide who runs our country. <laughs> I run my house, so um, you know that's that's pretty important too. But you know what? Nobody gets to vote for me. It's totally a dictatorship around here. Um, the other reason I'm really excited is because I have such an amazing guest for Dad Day, and um, his name is Bill Dwight, and he created this um, program. It's called the Virtual Family Bank. Actually, the name of his his business is called FamZoo, which is short for My Family is a Zoo. Um, if you listened to last week's show, we, we have a zoo theme going on. But um, the, the reason that I wanted Bill on the show is because particularly in this time when we are so focused on budgets and economies and you know, making things balance and teaching people good um, fiscal responsibility and and you know how to manage money and and being so scared of the people who are in charge of our money, I really thought that it was important to have a guest on the show who could, start at the bottom um you know start when our kids are little and give us a perspective on how we can teach our kids how to manage and save and spend and earn money from the time they're little little tykes i mean there's no reason why kids shouldn't have this kind of responsibility we give them so many other responsibilities and i think money should be the number one thing so um bill is the founder of famzu like i said and he has uh he has a lot of education in computer science and that sort of thing under his belt. But more importantly, he has life education. He has a wife and five children um, and lives in San Francisco. So with five kids um, and, you know, I know being the mom – in. With five kids in the house, you and your your spouse really need to be on the same page about financial issues. So, I know that that Bill has a lot of experience and, and things that he can share. And the thing that I love most about him is his amazing sense of humor and the light that he brings to this pretty silly, serious topic. So, with that, I would love to welcome Bill Dwight to the show. Hey, Bill. How are you?
0: Hey, Tara. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really smart until I had kids and I realized how stupid I am. <laughs>
2: I was the perfect parent until I had kids <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it was uh you know it's funny to hear your your previous interview with uh taming the family zoo so um That's I guess uh, lots of people feel that they're living in a bit of a zoo so it is
2: a zoo it's craziness I tell you and you know trying to trying to tame our kids is you know like wrangling cats and it and it's so Hard because a lot of the excuse that we give to poor behavior as adults is that we're stressed out about money, and we try to explain that to our kids, and we're like, they just totally don't get it. So why you know, why would we get mad at them for wanting something that we can't afford as if they even have any concept of money? So is, is that yeah, kind think of like really something that you teach?
0: I, th- I think that's interesting because a lot of people talk about um, you know walking the talk and, and simply modeling behavior and while I think that's that 's really valuable and important kids don 't you can 't just sort of um, get it by watching your parents. I mean what are you watching? They have to experience it and um, so I think it's it 's terrific to to model good financial behavior, but you really got to have a lot of discussions followed by the ability for the kid to experience simple financial decisions uh, on their own. And make mistakes on their own. It's just not sufficient to um, sort of keep your checkbook in order and then you're done with your kids. It's like they don't get that. <laughs> so uh, I think true. that they start to get it if they have their own source of income, however you define that. And that, that could be as simple as uh, you, hey, Junior, your income is any quarter you can find in the couch. You know, that's good enough. And then as soon as they have their own income, then they can start making decisions about what they're going to purchase with that income and living with their decisions and going through buyer's remorse and all those great things that we get to experience as adults, you know?
2: Wow. So. I, it's funny because I thought that it was enough to just have a savings account for my kids. I mean, I'm, and I'm probably like the majority of the parents who believe that, you know, people give your kids money for holidays and birthdays and, and good grades on report cards. And then what we usually wind up doing, there's, I think there's two schools of thought that are predominant is you either let them blow it because it was a gift, or you put it in a savings account and make them save for something and nobody knows really what that ever is, like it could be a car or college. But um, Right. So, I,
0: I think that uh, basically I'd argue let them do both. <laughs> right. Like, um, you know, the problem that I have with just going the savings account route is it's not day-to-day. It's kind of a black hole where this money – Disappears, <laughs> and uh, they they never think about it again. And as far as as far as they're concerned, you've just ripped them off. <laughs> you've right. uh, sort of taken that um, birthday check from the grandparents and you know made it disappear. Whereas I was looking for some way to teach my kids sort of day day in and day out spending decisions, which you know typically is what your checking account is, but. Kids who are in the four to five to up through the tweens—they're not ready for a checking account. That's not really appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some, in many places, you can't even open one until they're 13. So here's all these years between, let's say, let's pull a number. I've had four and 13. That's a lot of time. I mean, think about how much your kid changes over that time. It's That's astounding. True. And so, why waste all those years? Um, of potential experience, making, spending decisions, um, practicing, everything else we expect our kid to practice at. You know, kids mm-hmm. aren't just suddenly fantastic at sports or, or uh, academics or music or any any passion, and we encourage them to practice. So, why is it that we suddenly think they're gonna, you know, be financial wizards or not financial wizards? That's not the right thing. But you know, sort of fiscally responsible without practice. That's just kind of.
2: Silly, uh, you know I love that you brought that up because uh, how many people actually think about that bill? You know how many people actually think if I want my kid to be good at baseball, he's got to practice. If I want them to be good at art, they've got to practice. But if I want them to be good with money, I'm I kids aren't good with money, so I'm just not going to give it to them.
0: You right. know, you think they're just going to learn through osmosis? You know, right. Uh, and it just doesn't work that way. And, you know, I'd love to to claim that this brilliant idea I came up with, but, um, you know, I sort of rediscovered it. There's lots of parents out there sort of rediscovering. And, and, and the general idea is that, you know, instead of being ad hoc with our kids, that we set up a little little more formal bank of mom and dad where we give them an account at the bank of mom and dad. And all that account means is, you know, it's an IOU account. It means this is the amount of money that you have to spend. Mom and dad are still in charge of purchasing because you're just five or six or seven. Or whatever. <laughs> but we're going to keep track of how much you're spending, and this is how much you can do it. So kids learn to manage, you know, money as, as a number, um, their account balance. They, they start to understand, oh, that's what a balance is. And this is a really interesting topic because a lot of parents are very stuck on the notion that, kids need to have things that are very tangible and touch and feel and that they couldn't possibly understand managing money as a number but kids are really smart yeah do is go through the process once or twice of going to the checkout stand and your kid saying oh you know i'd like to buy that gum and then you say okay well let's look at the balance in your account you know how much you have and you could keep this balance anywhere you could keep it in a spreadsheet you could keep it in a little notebook Um, we happen to build some software that makes it super simple through your mobile phone and and online but basically they say oh you know gee i have you know a dollar fifty in my account and this gum is 30 cents then you know please buy it for me or don't buy it for me because i'm actually saving for you know whatever Yu-Gi-Oh cards or (laughs) some other goal." so they start to make decisions on their own about what they can afford as opposed to saying, you know, begging for stuff, right? Because they're starting to use our right. resource instead of your resource. Like in their minds, your money is infinite. <laughs> so what exactly. do they? Exactly. And uh, but as soon as they start to have ownership over something, they start to take responsibility and make trade-off decisions and make bad decisions. But then they learn through those decisions, just like we did. So that. Wow. Well. Yeah.
2: That's pretty interesting. And you mentioned that you started with your kids. How old were they?
0: Well, uh, with our older kids. So we have five kids, and they range from 10 to 22. And that's all the detail I give because I always forget exactly how old they are, you know.
2: Oh, my gosh, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, with the older kids, it probably got to around middle school. And we're like, oh, my gosh, we should actually be teaching them something about personal finance, you know, because they're not learning anywhere else. So we started kind of with the older kids but uh quinton our fifth kid uh, poor guy you know he started around four or five
2: wow well we're gonna get ready to go to break in about 10 seconds so (laughs) but when we come back i want to tell the listeners a little bit more about what this virtual family bank looks like and how they can start to implement something similar to it in their own homes we'll be right back
1: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back.
3: Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent Live, every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to TogiNet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show, Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan River Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle.
1: Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited to be hosting Bill Dwight for Dad Day. Um, Bill is the founder of FamZoo, which is a really cool um, online and mobile application that gives parents uh, an ability to teach their kids good money habits. And um, I absolutely love it. I learned about it at a conference that I was at um, in San Francisco, called the parenting 2.0 conference and bill was one of the presenters on the financial panel. And I just absolutely loved everything that he shared. He, um, he asked me to mention two books that uh, really describe the concept really well, which is The First National Bank of Dad by David Owen and The No-Cash Allowance by Lynn Finch. And I also met Lynn. Bill, she was, Lynn was at the conference as well.
0: Yes, yeah, she right. was on the financial panel as well. Yeah, and, she was uh, She has awesome. a really excellent book that describes this notion of, um, you know, kind of setting up a family bank where you're creating accounts for the kids and they're keeping track of their spending. And um, she makes a really good point about, you know, a a very nice practice is to hand over more and more spending responsibility to your kids. Even if you're the source of funds, having them track their spending and manage within a budget is a, is a really good exercise. It's really good practice for what they're going to have to do um, later. And so the kids kind of go through this state of full dependence to semi-dependence as they start picking up some income sources of their own, um, hopefully to independence you know, more rapidly because they've had this practice.
2: You know, I have to tell you, Bill, we, um, before I even met Lynn, I saw something on, I forget what it was, like Pinterest or something like that. But anyway, um, it was this helping hands concept, and I started implementing it because my kids didn't understand why they should have to do anything around the house to help. That was not their job. And they really just love to spend money. they I mean, who doesn't? But what we did was we started implementing this helping hand thing and we gave a value, a monetary value to the chores that we felt the kids could handle. And, um, we, it was everything from mowing the lawn, to feeding the cat. It's, there's like 15 different things that need to be done on a daily or a weekly basis. And they each have a different monetary value. And the kids have to pick at least three things every single day that they're going to do to earn money. And then when we go shopping, like when we went shopping for school clothes, I have a limit. I'll spend $40 on a pair of shoes. That's the most I'll spend. And my son picked out a $65 pair of shoes. And I said, well, you know, do you have an extra $25 that you want to throw at them because I'm not willing to pay that and right. he actually had to, to you know come out of the bank to to buy those shoes that he really wanted but I think it gave him a really great perception of you know the value of the things that he's asking for you know why doesn't mom want to spend this much and Absolutely. You know, I love why what you
0: can I destroy there. them I love. sorry to interrupt I, I love no, what you because i 'm just going to interrupt because I love what you're doing there um, in in the sense that you, you set a limit right you say, mm-hmm. okay, I'll pay up to forty dollars and then you give him the you know the responsibility and ownership to go ahead and make that purchase if he wants to and wants to use his own resources to make that sixty five dollar purchase and um, you know, one thing we found i 've been doing this for six years now and working with thousands of families and 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 like you you know how you say each child is unique you know with raising einstein or mm-hmm. stop raising einstein excuse me um every family is unique too and every family has uh their unique money values and and money and, and and values are so intimately intertwined and so one of the things that we we try really carefully to do in famzoo is to give you this toolbox we don't sit here and say uh you know thou shalt pay for chores or thou shalt give a fixed allowance or whatever. Because those things are really tied to uh, deep-seated values that that families have. And they'll pick one way or another that's appropriate for their family. But once you do, you know, so we give you, you know, any of those tools in the toolbox. You can pay for chores, you can't, you can do allowance, you don't have to. You could just do outside jobs or you could just track finding loose change. Any of those things works. But the important thing is that, these expectations are set firmly within your family. And you know, you're not moving the goal line on your kids all the time, right? They like they get the rules of engagement and then you stick to the rules because that consistency is so important. Right. And so right. Um, you know, that's why I really like your rule of, okay, forty bucks for that and anything above and beyond, you use your own resources. That's great. That's pulling all of the sort of core principles into play there.
2: I love it, too. It's And it's really been, like you said, it's really been effective for our family. I've had so many people come up to me and say, you know, oh, my gosh, I could never make my kid pay for their own shoes. And I'm like, well, you know, do you make your kid take out the trash?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, you could. And so one of the things that, that, that I found is that a lot of parents sort of start these initiatives or have a plan in their head and then may operationalize them for a week or two, and then it kind of falls by the wayside. And so that's why I kind of, being a nerd, you know, I kind of turn to technology because technology can kind of help us. If you can automate things, you can kind of help things stay on track. So super simple example, suppose you chose uh, to give a regular allowance. Well, the nice thing about doing this with this online family bank is we can automate all that, right? So if you Mm -hmm. decide to give you know, X dollars a a week or a month to your child for allowance, then, you know, FAMZU wakes up in the middle of the night and says, hey, who gets allowance today, you know, and and does it all for you. So you don't don't forget. And that's really nice because parents are insanely busy, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're having (laughs) kids in the middle of sort of the apex of our career and there's a lot going on. And so if we can do things to help parents stay on track and also give them some guidance... Mm-hmm. then that's really helpful because a lot of parents also may, might feel anxious about their own financial situation or their own financial skills and sort of be thinking, well, who am I to you know, <laughs> tell anybody how to run their financial life? So if we can give a tool that sort of puts into place some best practices, then that can make parents feel more comfortable. So really what we're trying to do is really lower the bar for parents to be effective money mentors to their kids. Uh, I, love know, some so I love that technology. I love
2: that because I'm married to a nerd, first of all.
0: Are new rock stars? I don't know.
2: It's true, Bazinga. But <laughs> but you know, like there's there's just something attractive about somebody who can just put everything into a spreadsheet and make it all nice and neat and not complicated. There's just something sexy about that. I think.
0: <laughs> I can't you know. comment on that. <laughs>
2: But I think the other thing that's really, really cool is you bring permission for uniqueness into financial responsibility with parents because I think one of the biggest things that parents today face is who do you listen to? You know, this one says don't give an allowance. That one says do give an allowance allowance. That one says, you know, you have chores that are part of being in the family. And then this one says, well, you should pay for that just like you pay for work. And I love that what you're doing is kind of like bringing a calm to the chaos in that whole thing. And the other thing is, everything that we're doing today seems to be automated. You know, we're all on online banking. We're all on automatic bill pay type systems and, you know, pay over the phone. So why shouldn't, why shouldn't we be teaching those skills to our kids from a very young age? I mean, it's almost like, you know, teaching them math with an abacus. We don't do it anymore because that's not what our world calls for. So, you know, the, I love that what you're bringing into the space is current and practical and unique to each family's needs. I, I just think that's amazing.
0: Yeah, there's there's two really big concepts there. One is this whole uniqueness thing, and and like you say, each child is unique. And um, so, furthermore, a child changes as they mature, and that's so important. So, you might start with uh, maybe loose coins and birthday checks being their income, and you know when they're really young because they're not ready for an allowance. They don't. Buy much stuff, you know. So you're just sort of introducing them to the idea of, hey, what's this? You know, I get some money and I bring it to dad and I say, put it in FamZoo, and then he credits this account and the number goes up. And then when I buy something, he, uh, you know, takes away from that number and it goes down. Oh, I start to get it. And then mm-hmm. as they get older and and uh, get bombarded with, you know, things on TV and you know wants and their their friends around them, you know, allowance uh, can be a really convenient way. To um, put some constraints on what they're asking for, or what you know, their want the very simple wants, mm-hmm. and people get really hung up on the word allowance. And I say, hey, just switch out allowance and and, and swap in the word budget. Feel better? I uh, <laughs> <You> know? Yeah. <laughs> because it's really just a limit. It, instead of instead of saying, you can ask me unlimited times for a bunch of garbage. Right. <laughs> Here's a number. <laughs> <laughs> you know, limit your, your consumption of garbage to this number. And that's a budget. That's a constraint. And, and just that simple concept, if you learn that early on of operating against a constraint, is really important. So, um, so kids, not only are kids' person- money personalities different. I, I would say all five of my kids' money personalities are very different. So we kind of emphasize different things or use different things in our toolbox, even within our own family. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and families are different because they might have had some life experience that uh, makes them want to focus on specifically working for chores or working only outside jobs or, or whatever is appropriate. So there's all this variety there, um, and you know. And then when it uh, comes to automating things, it's just a helpful way to kind of keep you on track because it's kind of nice. Um, in our family, we sort of. You know, we're not continuously talking or operating around money. It's just like every once in a while we'll have a financial episode. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's nice to have this sort of bank balance in the background helping us manage that episode. So yeah. if uh, if my daughter gets her license, um, purely hypothetical situation here. So my <laughs> daughter gets her license <laughs> and uh, decides to take the car for a joyride in the middle of the night, you know, um, and gets pulled over for not turning her lights on and gets a $300 ticket. Well, it's a lot less um, emotional if basically I just, you know, decrement her account by $300 and let her pay it back.
2: I love that. We're going to talk about
1: loans for your
2: kids when we come back from this break.
1: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back.
3: We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through Today's Note to Self on her webpage naturespiritspeak.com If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during? her show nature Spirit speak Tuesdays at 7 p.m central on toginet.com everyday autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod Friday afternoons at 2 one central on toginet.com life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult it can be joyful happy and filled with hope join Shannon Pinrod author speaker coach and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope she's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to our website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to our other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com.
1: Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, We are celebrating Dad Day, and our guest today is Bill Dwight, who is the chief dad of the famzoo.com craze that everybody's going to be getting on board with real soon, I'm sure, because they're... To me, there's nothing more important than teaching kids responsibility with money. Um, I think it's the best way to to prevent them from boomeranging back into your home after they've gone away to school, and and it's also the best way to keep them um, successful, you know, when they move out into the world. So I am so thankful that we have an opportunity to talk with Bill today. Bill, before the break, we um we are talking about different things that kids could do to earn money and how they could spend their money. But I would love to talk a little bit about saving money.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think um, I I look at it as sort of a progression. And so the the youngest kids, I think one of the most effective things to do is for them to have some sort of medium-range savings goal. Like they're they're trying to save up for really a a want, some item that they have that's... um, you know, Pretty decent size. Uh, in some cases, maybe it's a pretty big size, like an, an iPad even. Um, right. My 11-year-old is saving up for an iPad, and it's been a real education for him. Because when you're getting, he happens to get two-thirds his age in allowance which sounds kind of random, but originally he was getting his agent allowance, and we said, wow, he's racking up too much, so we whacked it back. That's the a good thing about being the, the bank manager you can make <laughs> arbitrary decisions like that. <laughs> so, um, and, and furthermore, he splits his allowance between spending, saving, and giving, so he's really making quite a bit less than that. So the neat thing about having the savings goal and having him track it is he really gets an appreciation for how long it takes with your meager paycheck, to to purchase some of these pretty expensive items that kids increasingly are sort of routinely running around with. And um, it's really neat for him to come to this epiphany that, wow, these things are expensive and they take a long time to earn. And, um, you know, the, the side benefits are after he saves for months and months and months to get such an item and say he purchases it, he feels very proud about it you know cuz there's a lot of pride in in making your own purchase and then they take care of it better cuz they're like the memory is very fresh that they've been <laughs> um you know paying for this thing so but another thing that that is equally common to happen is to say you know after two months of saving you know what that thing's not that important to me anymore i don't right? care i you know i'm i something else became important. So that's really an important lesson on the personal finance scale, too, because you often hear about people saying, you know, take a deep breath before you buy something or come back the next day to make sure. Mm -hmm. And it's all about sort of fighting impulses. So just the simple act of your kid having a tangible savings goal that they're saving their resources for, I think instills a lot of really wonderful habits. So that would be like my first step.
2: Yeah, and you know it's funny because my 11 year old is saving for a laptop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: it it must be the 11 year old trend right now to do, <laughs> and and it's amazing to me because he wanted he wanted me to just give him my laptop. And he couldn't understand why I would get frustrated when he would play games on my laptop and download viruses, and then I couldn't use my laptop. And now that he realizes, because he has the picture of the one that he wants cut out and how much it's going to cost and everything, and to realize how much work goes into earning enough money to get something like that has really changed his perspective on the way he treats even my stuff now,
0: Absolutely, which is
2: pretty amazing. And the other thing that's funny too, is my 13 year old has an iPhone and I get, oh my gosh, so much flack. From every parent. I can't believe that you put me in the position that I'm going to have to get one of those for my kids because <laughs> <laughs> Max has one. But here's the deal. Max got my hand-me-down iPhone first. Right. And he decided that he wanted to upgrade. So he had to work for that upgrade. And so when people say, I can't believe that you bought him an iPhone, I'm like, you know what? I totally didn't buy him an iPhone. He bought himself an iPhone.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of reactions I have to that, which is like, I wish people would stop telling other people what.
2: <laughs> Amen, they,
0: brother. <laughs> you know, cause typically they're wrong or they don't know what's in your family. So this whole this whole keeping up with the Joneses is actually a great set of conversations to have with your kids. It comes up with allowance all the time. You know, Johnny gets uh, you know 24 bucks a week. Well, you know, you're not Johnny, and Johnny doesn't live here. Right. <laughs> um, so you do what's appropriate for your family. But, um, yeah, I, you know, again, it's just like your I'll pay 40 bucks for shoes tops and the additional you cover. You know, we do something very similar with our kids. If if they choose, our our deal with our teenagers is, you know, we'll give you the basic mobile service. But if you want a fancy device or the data plan or whatever, then you're going to pay above that. So, again, clear rules and having them pick up the difference really – gives them an education hey these things aren't free you know so that's good good education to get as early as possible the other thing about saving habits and and what i think is um really a hallmark of great personal finance is pulling money out before you think of spending it so this whole idea of you know your income sources let's say in the case of quinton our 11 year old your allowance which is two-thirds your aids um let's talk about how you're going to split that in our case between spending saving and giving you might have uh, you know any number of accounts that you split into and when the kids get older for example we create like a clothing account for them things like that but um, you know we give them a little control you know it's like okay here's the ground rules you split between spending saving and giving but you can propose the percentages as long as one's not 100% right <laughs> uh, no 100% in the spending that's just not cool But um, So he chose 60-20-20, and that's just a really good conversation to have, and then they take ownership of it. So 20% of his allowance goes into a virtual savings account um, in the bank of Bill and Selena, or the Dwight (laughs) Bank. And the neat thing about our savings account is since we're the bank managers and it's really just an IOU to the kids, this is how much we owe them – we can set whatever interest rate we want. So we set this sort of hyper-aggressive interest rate. And uh, it's not like anything a kid's going to be able to find in the, in the real banking world. Because the real banking world really isn't designed for teaching kids. You know, kids operate on a much faster clock. A year to us, I just turned 50, so a year is nothing, right? <laughs> um, for a kid, a year is an eternity, so it, and and you know two cents of interest over a year is not really driving the point home about compound interest. Right. So you know the nifty thing about running your own little virtual bank with your kids is you can say okay you know you get you know some weekly interest and it's you, you know we give you a little calculator to see what you're in for. But you want it to be something they're like oh cool you know I I didn't spend my money and it grew. <laughs> you know that's, that's awesome. The, that's that's what you're trying to get across. And then, what we do is when the kids finally are old enough to get their own bank accounts, and that's different with every family. In our family, we actually do that sort of ceremonially ceremonially when they go off to college, which is kind of late. But um, so, what we do is we roll over the balances in their virtual accounts and populate their checking and savings accounts with those balances. So, that's kind of their starter balances. So, instead. Instead of that being sort of random, it's just rolling directly over from their virtual family bank, and then they get the crappy interest rates that the rest of us get, you know. <laughs>
2: and the reality sets in, oh, no, you know, why are the finance rates on my credit cards the same as what my dad used to give me for interest?
0: I don't. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but the neat thing is that, after seven or eight years of this practice of automatically splitting some of your income out to both saving and giving, that that's second nature. You know, because habits are formed by constant repetition, right? Mm -hmm. And so when he gets his first job and they say, hey, do you want to pull some out for saving for your retirement or for an employee stock purchase plan or whatever, he'll say, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: I always did. Who wouldn't? That's brilliant.
2: I hadn't even thought of that.
0: Uh, the the notion there so you know that's that's a great saving habit and and I learned this personally because I was very fortunate to sort of um, just make that sort of decision accidentally when I went to work for for Oracle back in 1990 and uh, you know however many years later I can't even do the math that that money that I forgot about grew and and um, helped me launched this business, which I couldn't have done otherwise. And so to me, it was a very uh, visceral, compelling lesson that I was able to pursue my dreams, you know, based on making, you know, some might say a lucky decision to set aside my money and not spend that. And uh, that's really what financial health is all about, having the freedom to pursue your own dreams. And I, I wanted my kids to have that experience, you know, at, uh, you know, eight, ten. 15 instead of 40, you know, 45.
2: Exactly. And and not leaving it up to chance, you know. I really think that that's the most important thing. And I love also that it's teaching them to set goals. I mean, that's a huge thing for us because now When, you know, Alex has this goal of the laptop and Max has this goal of an airsoft gun that he wants to get. And, you know, he comes up to me and says, hey, can I buy this Cookie Monster hat? I can look at him and say very clearly, has your goal changed? Because, you know, that $12 hat is really going to set you back towards your goal. So, you know, I really love that we're we're giving them an opportunity to, you know, not only – save the money and just have it build up and be like a tease or, you know, that, that carrot that you can't get to. But if you tie that whole thing to a bullseye target goal, you know, that's a really amazing way to teach your kids to, you know, set budgets or you know set out for that thing that they're they're really excited about
0: um i i wanted to say that that's where technology comes into play too because it, it provides this dashboard where the kid is constantly reminded of these sort of competing goals and so they're making those trade-offs very mindfully they're like oh yeah i'm saving for that thing and this is how far i am and it's going to set me back if i go spend that money on you know bubble gum you know things like that
2: I love that. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about philanthropy and how you can get kids to help out.
1: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back.
3: Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey, together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwee.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for.
1: Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey
2: everybody! Welcome back. We are in the final stretch of an awesome a show with Bill Dwight, who is the founder of FamZoo.com. And before the break, we were talking about um, how kids can give back in their communities, and it to me, well, that's a that's a really um, passionate topic for me because all the businesses that I have and everything that I do, um, I'm dedicated to giving back. Um, because I believe that when we give, we receive that. That's one of my, my big quotes. But, um, when I was watching something, I think it was like an American idol or something like that. And there, they were doing, um, something with malaria nets and my kids were watching the show with me and my son, my youngest son said, mom, how much money do I have in my account? And I forget how much it was. And he said, well, if I buy 10 malaria nets, it will cost $100. Can I can I take $100 out of my account and do that? So I basically, you know, I, I did the transaction for him. Um, and then I kind of felt guilty because he had done such a good thing that I didn't take the money. <laughs> 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 it was kind of pathetic. But um, I love that. Um, because of the, the um, environment that we've set up, that that was just second nature for our kids. And you have a whole part of your program that's dedicated to giving back, too. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, we like to call that our uh, sort of secret ulterior motive uh, about FamZoo, <laughs> which is really to get kids in the habit, and I really do think it's a habit, of, of giving. And so, you know, and by the same... Token. We're trying to get kids in the habit of saving by pulling some out before they even think of spending. You know, we love the idea of pulling something out before you think of spending it, so that you can help others and and get kids to think outside themselves. And, and what I love about your story with the malaria nets um, is that. You know, your your son was very proactive and engaged in that choice. That that was something he wanted to do, and he was spending his resources. You know, it's it's always easy to give somebody else's money. (laughs) That's not very. That's kind of like exercising for somebody else. If I go out and run a mile, you're not (laughs) going to (laughs) feel. I am
2: really sorry, though. (laughs)
0: and so you you, you know you can't exercise for somebody and you can't do philanthropy for somebody else so Mm -hmm. it's so wonderful for kids and yet another reason for kids to to have ownership over some money that they can call their own so that they can feel empowered to make decisions to give to something that they care about and so the way we do it um which i like which keeps us in a regular pattern of giving um and here i'm talking about Giving money, and obviously, it's it's imperative that kids get engaged by going out doing something in their community as well. So, I'm not saying that just the only way to give is through money, obviously, time is fabulous as well. But sure. when we're talking about money, um, you know, what we do is, like I said, Quentin, for example, our 11 year old, splits 20% of his uh, weekly income into a giving account and when that giving account reaches around fifty dollars or so that's when we sit down and say okay let's let's think about where you might want to give this so initially he gave to the world wildlife fund because they'd heard about the polar bears in school and so he was really into that and then that was really an interesting moment because we started getting all this mail from the world <laughs> wildlife fund and we had this really interesting conversation about how can they afford to send us all this mail? We only gave them like 50 bucks. You know, we've got like $100 of mail and stuff from them. <laughs> and so you start to have interesting conversations about you need to be, just like you need to be a wise spender, you need to be a wise giver too. You need to think about how much of my money is going towards the cause that I really care about and how much is overhead. And those are, you know, wow. somewhat sophisticated concepts, but really interesting concepts. They're pretty basic if you walk through them with your kid and they get the stuff pretty quick and so he um nothing against the world wildlife fund everyone has to send out marketing and so forth but the point was we had this really interesting conversation and he started to think a little more critically about you know where is my money going another neat thing about having that account there very similar to you know your son having some resources to spend is when something happens in the world so obviously um you know the the uh, sandy and and the Uh, disaster relief that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. That's very topical and very visceral to see those images of people's houses being leveled and so forth. And, And I think it's really... A fabulous experience for a kid to see that and say, "I want to do something." And um, you know, here's what we can do, and and talk about what's the best way to get resources to those families in need. Well, it turns out that RedCross.org is a really effective way to get to, to to get your cash resources to to help others. And so, Absolutely. We sat down, um, the three boys that are still at home, and and said, let's pool all of our resources that are in our charitable accounts right now and and make a donation. And that feels good. It feels like you're, you know, getting off the dime and and doing something right away. So that's another nice thing about having sort of these accounts that are building up in the background.
2: I love that. And you know what? It really does make them feel good. It's like I saw more pride in my kids when they did for someone else than when they bought something for themselves.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. You
2: know, it's like if you want to see your kid light up, <laughs> yep. you know, give them a couple bucks or, or have them earn a couple bucks and or have them go through, you know, their their piggy bank or whatever and say, okay, well, how much of that do you want to use to help somebody else? You mentioned um, during the break when nobody can hear us. <laughs> um a a website that was really cool that helped uh teachers what was that one bill
0: yes we like a site called donors choose which i stumbled upon quite some time ago so DonorsChoose.org, and the reason i like it is it's teachers from across i believe it's just the u.s are posting projects that they'd like to fund in their schools uh you know, music projects they want to do with their kids or whatever. So they're looking for extra funding. Mm -hmm. And so they post these projects on the internet, on the site, donorschoose.org. And, uh, donors can sift through these projects, look for something that they might be interested in either topically, like music or sports or whatever, and also regionally. So I might be interested in a particular region that I want to support. So the reason I like it is that um, the kids can really get engaged and pick something that, that that speaks to them so they can mm. find something aligned with their interest and they don't have to fund the whole project you can fund small amounts so it kind of works with with little micro amounts as well so that, that's a kind of a favorite of, of mine but it is a thing that 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 um that that a kid can really relate to and feel like they're making the decision and um don't choose just cool. nice because there's just, just a huge variety to to, to sift through
2: I love that. I love that. And it also um, invites engagement. And that's one of the things that, you know, one of the big organizations that I work with um, through my TK's toy box business is Toys for Tots. And I've been working with them for 13 years. And one of the biggest things that we hear from the coordinators all across the country is there are specific age groups that just don't receive the donations, the physical donations. And that's, you know, Kids 10 and up and babies. And I, I started to like really look into that a little while ago. And I think that the reason that is is because when people go to the store, they will pick something for, you know, they, they'll either have their kids with them in the cart and they'll have them pick out something that the kid likes that their kid likes. And that's typically between the ages of three and nine years old is when kids still like you enough to go to the store with you. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So So
0: when they, biasing the age range, yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how cool would it be to be able to say, okay, you know what? You can spend that 20% that you put away or whatever you put away for charitable giving. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the store and we're going to buy, something really really cool for somebody your age and to be able to do that with your teenager first of all the charity is going to be so thrilled because they're getting something current that the kids are actually going to like but to be able to spend that time that valuable time not only teaching your kid a lesson but just communicating with them and spending you know valuable quality time with them so i think that's really awesome too
0: this is why i like to automate it because um, it, it, life is so busy and, and we have the best intentions and so what's neat about having this sort of automatic build up of an account is you know I, I know that every time it gets to $50 we're going to act on it you know so I can just sort of forget about it until I'm reminded that oh it's at 50 bucks. okay we're, we're ready to go and so that, that helps me stay consistent it makes me feel good that I'm following through with my responsibilities and it, and it makes uh, our kids feel good as well so that's where I think it's really nice, you know, yeah, you could keep all of this on uh, with pencil and paper, but automating it really helps us stay on track.
2: And is that something, we only have like two minutes left in the show, but is that something that they can just go to the FamZoo website and download it or print it out? Yes, or it's, how all over
0: it the, it's all uh, online and on the web, so there's nothing to download. You just go to the website and use an application or you use our mobile app. And by the way, there uh, is a coupon code that we created for your listeners Uh, einstein 2012 so if you enter that coupon code when you register you'll get a full six months for free we normally give we normally give two months for free because we want to give people a (laughs) you know a chance to really check it out but you'll get six months for free and we do charge a subscription fee which i think people expect everything to be free on the internet but um, if you don't charge a subscription fee, you either have to show ads or you've got to take a percentage of what kids spend money on. And we just simply don't want a business model that's profiting when kids spend money. That kind of doesn't make a lot of sense in my head. So we do charge a, you know, a modest uh, subscription fee after you decide that you want to use the product.
2: And I think that that encourages people to be more engaged when they're invested in something too. So I'd, I I think that's an awesome thing that you know service that you're providing and no pop ups. Thank you. I'm I'm happy with that. So six months for free. That's awesome. We're we're about to wrap up the show. I want people to be able to connect with you, Bill, so they can go to your Facebook page, which is Facebook.com/slash/famzoo, famzoo on Twitter, um, and your uh your website is www.famzoo.com. If you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns, or just want to be part of the conversation, you can join us at Stop Raising Heinstein on Facebook as well. And Bill, thank you so much. This was such an enlightening show, and I uh, I look forward to having you back again because I think we have a lot more that we could talk about. Have a thank great you, week, everybody. Keep playing.
1: Thanks for listening to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Make these Stop Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely, and of course...